Welcome to the Clone Saga Chronicles uh, 2.0 feed for, from SpideyDude.com. If you're listening to one of these older episodes, you'll hear references to our Podomatic website and a voicemail number, which is now defunct. So if you're a new listener who just found this uh, podcast, pay no mind to the links that we give out, like CloneSagaChronicles.Podomatic.com or a voicemail number. Enjoy this classic episode of Clone Saga Chronicles. Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. Dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Welcome back, clone heads, to the uh, Clone Sucker Chronicles podcast, powered by SpideyDude.com. SpideyDude.com, your number one place for all things Clone Saga. Well, recently we did um, we did a, a series for about a couple of weeks. Um, it's called, you know, the Revelations Missing Pages, and so it's up on there. Also, it's been recently redesigned, so check that out. Um, joining me this podcast uh, is, of course, Bertoni. Bertoni, welcome back, sir. Hey, uh, And then, of course, our other regular... Gerard Delador. How's it going? Donovan Morgan Grant also joins us. It's like he never left. Yeah, I came to just deliver a pizza, and they said, "Get in here." So I've been you here know, ever since. You know what? Um, it, it it is like he never left because he never arrived. This is actually technically his first episode. Oh sh! Yeah, technically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even well, think about I'm a, that. I'm a time lord, so you know, it's the first episode to everybody else. Well, we're, using, we're using the time loop theory that they tried to use at the end of the Clone Saga. Dude, this is this is like Star Wars. We're like doing them all out of order. I know. Magic, he doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> and that voice you just heard that just made the, the um, infamous magic comment is Jason, who appeared a couple episodes ago. Welcome back, sir. Uh Great to be back. I'm so happy I'm no longer liver- living in the most miserable city in the country. I'm yeah. Like number four. You're number four. Great. Yeah. Detroit got... Hallelujah. <laughs> so... Wait, wait, wait. You live in Detroit? I know. You never I'm told sorry. us? It's it, like, like, I, like I've mentioned, it, it's it's very humiliating. You, you don't spread it around. Yeah, it's not one of those things you're like, oh, hey, I live in Detroit. Woohoo! And uh, <laughs> since we uh, since we last met... There's been an announcement concerning a second 
trade paperback for the Clone Saga. It's up on uh, Spidey.com under the news section, posted by our very own Gerard Delatour. I also, on the Crawl Space comment section, I also plotted out what uh, potentially the rest of the trades would be like and how many trades they would actually have. So check that out. We have a voicemail this month that I want to hit up real quick that uh, apparently you guys like bears, little cuddly teddy bears that uh, you don't have to rip the head off Siler style. Or if I was to be the characters of Zack and CSA, do the same thing. So here's here's Tyler Crone, who's called in a couple times before, but uh, here's his voicemail that he left us. Hey, Bertoni, this is for the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast. And I was just calling in to say, please don't kill a teddy bear. Unless you actually can do it Siler style and have telekinesis and can slice its head open, in which case I do want to see that. That would just be amazing. My name is but either way, I was calling in to tell you guys that you've done very good jobs on the last episode of the Clone Saga, and I've been really enjoying it. I can't wait for the trade to be coming out, which, as of this date, it has not. Um, I plan on being one of the first ones to pick up a copy of that, although I don't think there will be any way that I can be back to the stores. And, you know, just keep up the good work. And, Zach, you were totally right about the Jackpot miniseries. I picked up the second issue of that limited series, and it is garbage, and it further cements into my mind why I hate Brand New Day Spider-Man. Uh, talk to Thank you, Tyler, for the pithy comments. Uh, we do appreciate the uh, the kind words. And yes, the jackpot mini does suck. Anyway, hey, uh, so guys, what do you think about these latest news that the uh, we're getting epic book number two? I think it's awesome. Uh, there are a lot of people who haven't read the Clone Saga, and now they can. The only, the only problem is that since it's collecting the whole thing, that means maximum clonage is going to be in there at some point. Yeah, it's going to be um, probably in Volume 4, if if it goes the same way it's been going. I'm surprised they included a funeral for an octopus. Yeah, the, I don't... Yeah. I don't <laughs> Even, know. well, I mean, we are going to get to it because we're covering all the Clone Saga, but we're skipping it for our initial run-through, and we're going to do it in a clean-up episode after we eventually do Revelations. But yeah... Yeah, but you know what? That shows that they're dedicated to uh, reprinting the whole thing. So we're probably going to get Planet of the Symbiotes, uh, maybe those new Warrior issues too. Oh, I'm forward please to that. no! Yeah, the new Warrior <laughs> issues. Symbiotes. Yeah, the uh... yeah. But if you're a completist, you want the good and the bad. And you know what? It's funny to look at the bad. Some of the most fun I've had on this podcast has been talking about the issues that sucked, like the uh, yeah. Spider-Man Unlimited number eight. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, that reenactment was both. Yeah, that was awesome. That was um, one of the best episodes to record. Yeah, that was probably. Uh, it was him, Mini Jackal. Yeah, Mini Me. Yeah, that, that's always fun. I got to add about the trade. One thing I'm kind of surprised about: the first one hasn't come out yet, and they've already decided to go along with the second one. I'm kind of well, surprised by that. I, it I think that they're committed to this, though. Yeah, it does, and, and I think the game is money. Well, and and the number one, the number one most requested trade to, to Joe Casada is the Clone Saga. So, I mean, 
this is I, I can I can guarantee you this is getting a lot of attention. Like a lot of people have been pre-ordering it on Amazon or on uh, different various websites like Mail or Comics or even um, uh, InStockTrades.com. So, you know, at, le- at least those with the, all three of those places, you get some sort of discount. You're not having to pay the steep thirty four dollars, thirty five dollars that they are per book. So, um, little fun fact. Well, before Maybe we get Mr. Casada listens to this podcast, yeah. Maybe he does. I was talking to Zach before, and I um, <laughs> was talking to Zach before we did the episode, and I said we should probably contact somebody in the trades department at Marvel just to just to put in a little request. Hey, you know, this isn't a hard thing to do, but can you maybe put in those missing pages from the Revelations trade paperback in the Clone Saga trades? Because those are hard to find. Of course, they're not hard to find if you know how to type in SpideyDude.com on your browser. But if yep. you want to have them in book form, maybe they'll finally reprint them now. I mean, it's not like Marvel's going to make any money from the people who bought for these copies on eBay. Yeah, right. Well, uh. that'll be a surefire <laughs> way for these things to sell because people have paid hundreds of bucks to get those pages on eBay. So maybe Marvel wants a piece of that money by actually putting them in the book that they're charging for. That would help the thing sell. So Marvel, if you're listening, and I'm not pretentious enough to think that they're listening, but just in case you are, put those pages in. We would be very we would, we would be uh, very eternally grateful. Um, a little fun fact: I was I'm looking I'm, I'm look, I have my iTunes open right now to to because we do have a new iTunes review. Gave us five stars, but uh, when it says listeners also subscribe to, uh, I see I see spectacular webs by uh, by a certain somebody on this podcast. Bad girl to Oracle by Stella, who I'm going to plug because I love her to death and she's great. And uh, Michael Bailey. Michael Bailey's Views for the Lawn Box, which we haven't even made the appearance on that show yet, uh, Bertoni, and we're on there. I don't understand that. Like, it, like number three. Bailey is just that awesome. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Two True Freaks also is a, we're very good friends of the show, and so we're going to give them a shout-out as well. So, and... Crawlspace. Uh, well, oh, well, we okay, Crawlspace is pretty much understood, I would think, but, you know... We just recorded uh, last weekend another episode of Crawl Space, so check that out into the next week. And the Avengers Assemble podcast uh, with Will Sanchez and myself is going to be coming out soon. We'll be talking about uh, Siege. Anyway, uh, so there's my there's my pimpage, if you will. Here is our uh, iTunes review. It's made. It's done by uh, Sensational Spidey underscore Josh. So. Thank you, Sensational Spidey Josh. He says, I'm a new listener to the podcast, about four episodes in right now. And I, ha- I have to say, I'm really enjoying the Clone Saga Chronicles. As someone who was 10 years old when the Clone Saga started, it was pretty much impossible for me to follow every issue, tie-in, etc., etc., etc. So while I did like the Clone Saga, it was kind of confusing at times, and I had to go go without... I had to go without when it came to a lot of issues. That said, this podcast has been a great resource for discussion of the story arcs and to get input input from a few Spidey experts. Thanks, guys. Well, sir, we do appreciate it. Um, we we kind of I, I think Bertoni made a comment when um, the second trade was announced that we're kind of the DVD DVD style commentary to the Clone Saga in audio form. I kind of consider. Um, the uh, Life of Riley series to be the written form, so to speak. So, check those. Check not only just check if you haven't checked that out yet. It's a really, really great resource. It's pretty much a couple of days reading, <laughs> or if you got a full afternoon to kill, it's it's very, very in depth and very, very well done. So, guys, first, yeah, go ahead. When the first trade comes out, I encourage people to. As you're reading these issues, if you haven't read them in a while, go back and listen to the episodes that correspond with the issues. 
Because I would like to think that we enhance your experience, if I could be pretentious enough to say that. But As a viewer, or as a listener, I can tell you, you certainly do for me. <laughs> Dude, See, you're not a listener anymore. You've crossed over. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, now... Uh, anyway, well, we thank you, uh, Sensational Spider Josh, for your very kind review and your very kind five stars. So... Uh, enough with the iTunes reviews. Let's get into the issues. And the first issue we will talk about is Clone Saga number five, the miniseries that has been very highly regarded by this panel. So, what you, the Clone Saga number five. Uh, this issue starts with a pretty comedic opening with Ben and Peter assembling a crib. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of reminiscent of a certain scene in Revelations, except it's a lot less. It's a lot. It's played up more for comedic effect than uh, the Revelations. Uh, scenes were kind of played up more for the brotherly aspect. But, uh, you know, we open the scene up, and, and Mary Jane's at the Daily Grind having a, having a cup of joe and some some uh, some food, and non-decaf, of course. She goes into labor. Now, she gets to the hospital, <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's rushed in. Peter and Ben both swing off in their respective Spider-Man costumes, get, trying to get there as fast as humanly possible. So they finally get towards the hospital, but then they see Kane. He's not watching the shadows. No, he's causing a ruckus. And Ben tells Peter, hey, I got this. Go. Go be with your wife. But Peter, feeling, feeling guilt and responsibility to, to fight off Kane, he circles back and helps Ben out. Now, Ben and, ben and Peter engage in a short fight where um, <clears throat> Kane distracts them with a car and... They, they save the people, but Kane disappears. So they get to the hospital just as, as Mary Jane's fixing to give – I mean, it, the baby is coming out like at that precise moment. During that time, uh, uh, we also see a very familiar character of the Clone Saga Mythos, Allison Monogram. She was uh, – no. <clears throat> Yeah, she's the evil wench lady that it, – it, I love Todd Knott's art in this, but that looks she, – she, he made her look too much like Rogue off the X-Men. <laughs> Yeah, tell me about it. With the whole white hair. Yeah. And, and far more evil. But, um, Ben and Mary Jane, ben, uh, ben, ben and Mary Jane, Peter, Peter and Mary Jane get to get to hold little May, and we actually get the name of the baby. Aunt May is also there, and she's, you know, ooh and a nod. And when they go to clean her up, she goes missing. So, Ben and Peter, uh, get to the rooftop, suspecting Kane's involved with this, and... Well, they split up. Now, during this time, we see the mystery mastermind who unveiled the Norman Osborn pod clone regenerative thing and uh, gives him, uh, shows him a Green Goblin mask. A couple of pages later, we see the Green Goblin face off against Ben, and we get our final splash page of Ben getting impaled through the chest with the Goblin Glider in full costume. Um, um. Yeah, so that's how our issue ends. Guys? Well, Ben, you, well, ben Riley has something to get off his chest. I, I guess so. Oh. <laughs> Jason, what's your thoughts on the on this issue? Well, for starters, even though it's made up of lies, as Bertone keeps telling us, I absolutely love the cover. It's gorgeous. It's a Great pack picture. of lies! We're getting some... <laughs> it, it's, it's obviously reminiscent of Revelations, but... It's also entering new territory. I really like that we got to see Peter and Mary Jane actually hold uh, May. You know, baby May, obviously, because that'd be weird if they're holding Aunt May. I'm a little bummed that 
she was taken by Alison Mongrain again. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully we'll get an actual resolution this this time instead of, you know, <laughs> having her go off for 15 years and never get referenced again. <laughs> um, Actually, I'm actually convinced that Mastermind is hair. She's dead. Oh, she's coming back when Craven gets resurrected. No. Anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, I think uh, Ultiman killed her. I think the uh, Mastermind's probably Harry. Oh, I, I, I think it's... I, I think it's Harry. And, and the last panel was really reminiscent of, obviously, Peter Parker Spider-Man number 75. But as a whole, this was a really good issue. My only complaint isn't really with the issue. It's that well, with the issue itself, it's that smack dab in the middle is a stupid freaking poster for Brand New Day. Oh, and Mary Jane reaching for each other. Okay, okay. I, let's try. Let's keep. Let's keep the uh, Brand New Day bashing to a minimum, guys. Well, that's all I was gonna say. That's my one yeah. complaint. Other than that, it's a great issue, and uh, I, I know this isn't selling that great. So my only question is, uh, did you people who aren't bu- who aren't buying this why? The- aren't you buying this yeah if you guys cannot get this in singles or if you will floppies um i did that for michael bailey um for you bailey yeah you gotta pick up the trades not only the clone saga trades but which has obviously been a pretty big hit just in pre-orders alone but um uh, also you gotta pick up the trade of this mini series if you if you really i know there's a lot of people that were holding out for this trade simply because of the 399 price point and i understand that i understand it's you know people trying to tighten up their belts and it's better to get the full story after it's been out in, in singles but this is really um, I got I got I I had I wrote a little bit it's of a not letter for the trade. Yeah, it's not written. It's very condensed. Falco does not do decompression at all. Uh, I, actually, speaking of Tom the Falco, you got me to my next segue uh, before we get to. No, he uh, does not do compression. <laughs> uh, I, I actually wrote a little letter to, to Tom DeFalco, and uh, here's his response. I asked him about the. Uh, uh, about the the structure and everything, and he said Howard and I are telling the basic story as as it was meant to be told. There was no main bad guy in the original outline. Ben came back because Aunt May was sick, and events uh, un, and events unfolded from there. When the original story was extended, we realized we needed a main bad guy and added one, the one who's behind the current saga. The current saga follows the original outline and tells the basic story we originally intended to tell. Details have been added, but the original outline wasn't very detailed and needs some fleshing out. I'm guessing the original outline will be included in the paperback, he says, if there is one, but I think it's already been solicited, so... But uh, that's only a guess. Thanks for all your support, Tom DeFalco. So, uh, quick uh, plug by Tom DeFalco, but people were talking Tom about... Tom is such a great guy. Yeah, he is. He's really, he's really probably one of the most impressionable guys that you'll ever meet on the on the, on the web. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's been... Has it been solicited, Bertoni? I thought it had. Am I wrong? I haven't seen it yet, and I, I think that if it would have been solicited, we would have posted it on the cover or something, but it's possible that we missed it. Uh, that would be cool, though, if they included those original notes in the trade paperback. Yeah, it's like, it's like special features. I, I miss they do. the days when trade paperbacks, they used to have extra stuff in there, like... The Hobgoblin Lives trade paperback is one of my favorites just for all, like, it has a timeline of the different events, and it's like, page five, you know, uh, Dr. Merrow appears. He first appeared in this issue of Spider-Man. Nowadays, trade paperbacks, it's like they just stapled the issues together. Yeah, but it's also to do that so they, they get out quicker. 
big white flag. I'll, I'll wait a little while extra for some, you know, big Yeah, stuff. I, I mean, I mean, with the, the, say what you will about Joe Casada, but the trade paperback program under his watch has gotten a lot better than it used to be. Because I mean, it was probably what. So I don't f- think anyone's denying that. Because uh, I mean, when you think about it, the Revelation trade paperback was, I think, a full year after the books came out. You know, so anyway, um, Donovan, what do you think about this issue? Okay, um, well, I liked it. I liked it. I will say that um, when, 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 when it's put in perspective, like this is how it was originally to be told and everything, we're now on issue five. I think that the stories are coming in a little too fast in terms of what we've already seen before. And by that, I mean, you know, like, you know, like the pregnancy and um, like, like stuff like that. Like, you know, we, we were, like, in the first issue, we saw Peter and Ben meet and fight for a little bit. Uh, we saw Maximum Clonage, those kind of things. I think where the where the miniseries excels at generally is when they present new things. Like you see, like like when like when um, Mary Jane's uh, water breaks, she's with Aunt May, and you know, I mean, I, quote unquote, Aunt May was dead by then, and she's interacting with um, the uh, waitress. Apparently, her name is, and so I like Shirley. that. Shirley, yeah. So, um, yeah, like it, was, it, was, it was interesting. I, I've mentioned this before. Some of my favorite moments from this miniseries have not been the stuff that has been quote-unquote retreaded. It's the stuff that we never got to see in the original miniseries, like Ben and Peter being in full costume. I know, you, Donovan, you pointed out, well, he was in costume in Spider-Man 75. No, they weren't fighting together in full costume. <laughs> All right? That's different. It, exactly like he, that. had, he had no mask, okay? He had no mask. And Ben was pretty well the entire shoe. Ben wasn't fighting. He was limping there, bleeding. And he's like, oh, a glider. Human shield. Oh, wait, I didn't think this through. I'm melting. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody, uh, and I never really, until I read Life of Riley, I never noticed this, but uh, in that issue, did you notice that the clothes, like the clothes that Ben changed into were Peter's clothes? Oh, hey, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, they were oh, Peter. You're right. I'm thinking about it. You're right. They are Peter's clothes. He put Peter's clothes on. He, he died. Beginning of the issue. Yeah, he dies in Peter's clothes. <laughs> hey, so wait, hold on, hold on. When he's and, running and, to the and, hospital, we'll discuss this when we get to Revelations too. But okay, Norman Osborn has a fight with Ben, beats the you know stuffing out of Ben, then knocks out Peter, undresses Peter, undresses Ben, and switches their clothes. No. No, no, no. Peter, oh, well, he, uh, how, how did because no because Peter woke up in his costume, didn't he? Yes. It's been a while since I yeah. read. Okay, so so Osborne must have dressed him. Yeah, he, Osborne did dress Peter. Okay, but so how did he, he's done that more than once? He's, he like always puts Peter in the costume unconscious. <laughs> he's like it, it's like that thing. He wants to be Peter's daddy, like that 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 really Paul Jenkins did. So he's like. Trying to dress him as a father would, except your father usually stops dressing you when you're in your twenties. Hopefully, before then. Yeah. Anyway, this is Norman Osborn. Okay, we'll we'll talk we'll talk more about that in, in uh, that episode. Anyway, <laughs> where, uh, where am I? Where am I at? Yeah. Donovan, continue on with your with your thoughts. Uh, well, yeah, I was saying I, I I liked it, but I will say that um, I, I've liked. Previous issues of the miniseries better because I thought this one went a little too fast and um, I mean Kane it's, it was kind of funny because Kane's I think has, not, has Kane not been in every single issue of this miniseries 
I think so. Yeah. yeah, so I'm expecting him to have like a really, really like larger than we expect part in the in the finale. And um, I don't think that the big, the big bad is Harry. I think it's uh, evil normally from from the future. But I digress. I, uh, I, I like the issue. I think it's good. Um, Todd Knock. Todd Knock is another favorite artist of mine. Um, I love. I like how he draws the costumes. I think he mentioned this before in the podcast, but how he draws the costumes ever so slightly baggy and the, um, but they're still acrobatic and muscular. I like the final scene, especially because you don't see the thing going through uh, Ben's chest necessarily. The sound effect caption kind of like censors the uh, the sphere because you can kind of see it, it is, but it isn't being shown. I thought that was a very classy way in this kind of modern age of comic books, where you know, like especially with like uh, Siege Number Two. Yeah, you know right. I mean? yeah, where you see all the entrails and all the yeah, all yeah. the guts, <laughs> tons of blood. I, I, I appreciate that kind of classic classing enough. Gerard, what's your thoughts? Okay, first of all, just to answer the question we had earlier, uh, Marvel.com lists the hardcover for the Clone Saga collection as coming out May 26th. Nice! I don't see a trade paperback anywhere, though. I'd rather it be a hardcover. It deserves to be in a car- hardcover, damn it. But interestingly, they're not. They're soliciting the hardcover with a different title, though. It's called Spider-Man The Real Clone Saga. Hmm. Kind of weird. Okay. As opposed really? to the fake Clone Saga? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't make that. Dumb ass title. I I just imagining like it's like the real world or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is a story you, you about got... two men who are not related, but they are actually clones living together in New York City. Where we stop getting kidding and start getting real. I just want my life back, man. And then like it cuts to the little camera confessional with Ben. I think Peter is taking out too much of his frustration on me. And... <laughs> Oh, oh no! And then Aunt, May, and then Aunt May's confessional. Yeah, I was I supposed know, to I'm die. <laughs> I was supposed to die. Why am I not in the coma anymore? <laughs> it's all a jackal, and then the jackal's like, "Damn it! So I'm dead hair. again. That's, Why am I?" That's like a fool anybody. He still looks like me. This never works. <laughs> we get Jack, and he's like, you know. People just call me, you know, like a mini-me ripoff. First of all, I'm the original mini-me, and nobody takes me seriously just because I'm a midget jackal. Just because I'm a midget jackal, you know, I can't be deep, too. I'm deep, man. I'm deep. I have hobbies. Yeah, man. And the scars on my face. The other day, I saw Peter and Mary Jane in the room. Parker, I noticed your performance in the bedroom last night wasn't its usual self. Oh, you were no. spying on us? I was checking on you because of your virus. I was doing it to save your life. You spied on me and my wife having relations. Yeah, man, it was awesome. Hey, 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 I did not have sexual relations with that woman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, we could go on for hours if we had you. Yeah, but I digress. Anyway... What are your thoughts on the clone on the clone saga number five? Oh man, I love this issue. Um, first of all, that didn't really sound convincing. I'm sorry. You go, oh man, I love this issue. It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go I'll ahead. Take you out, I think. Um, he does, you man. <laughs> I just took, totally threw him out. As always. Sorry, shutting up. Stop talking. You bastard. Um, knock is great. Color is brilliantly bright and colorful. We've already talked about that a lot, and the, this is the whole look of this thing is just fantastic. But um, 
this issue was like an abbreviated version, I guess, of the first, I don't know, half of Revelations, it felt like. but So it was kind of quick. But I liked it. They had enough time for a couple of the cool moments, like with Peter and Ben putting together the uh, the baby crib, and then um, the Peter and Mary Jane together with the baby, which we never actually got to see. That's a new thing, like you guys pointed out. That was really nice, and it actually heightened the, the sort of tragedy that was going to happen a couple of pages later, because this time you actually got to see them happy and holding the kid and everything like that. The other scene that I actually really enjoyed, which I don't think you guys really mentioned much of yet, is when... Uh, Harry or <clears throat> the mastermind wakes up Norman out of when he opens up the pod to let Norman out and then hands him the mask. Is there, there's something very uh, Doctor Frankenstein about that scene? I don't I don't quite know what it is. You know, he opens the thing, he seems with the needle. He's like, it's time, and you know, he hands him the mask. I I just thought that was really really cool. Um, I thought you were say that Norman didn't have a scar because he didn't. <laughs> well, he, but he's like a rejuvenated like. Okay, wait. okay. To be fair, in every single like new Avengers and <laughs> Dark Avengers issue, the scar is not there. The only time we've fucking seen the scar is in Spider-Man seventy-five. So I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. It was in um, um the Revenge of the Green Goblin by Roger Stern. Okay, yeah, because oh, Roger, oh wait, snap. oh wait. Okay, all right, all right. I'll digress okay, on that. There, there is an explanation for this, though. Number one, oh, oh, it's Matt, and number two, a more realistic one. Okay, Norman Osborn has the most money in the whole wide universe. You think he can't hire a plastic surgeon? Yeah, but so why didn't he do it? He was in Europe for like twenty years. So he can have that dramatic moment with Peter, where he's like, "Look at my scar." Well, that's been about seven years. I guess I can get the plastic surgery now. You know, that would have been better if I had JR's voice doing that. Bailey or JR. The two well, best. Then, okay, anyway. And then finally, like. <laughs> and finally, like Don said, um, I, I really liked the, the way it was handled that last page, that they did put that sound effect in front of it. I know I kind, of, I kind of went off on a mini rant on the uh, the message boards this week, or maybe last week, about how this book was actually rated T+, and when, when it had that sort of censored impalement in it, but, uh, you know, Siege number two was rated A, which is oh minus... Oh, God. You know, it was, you know... There All ages. Kind of entrails flying everywhere. Yeah. But let's not get into that. It's another story. The only thing I didn't like, the only thing, was that I thought the, the fight between... Ben and the the Green Goblin was a little too short. I mean, it was like what, like three pages. Yeah. I, I like this. You know, the Green Goblin was supposed to catch him off guard, and I guess they were trying to establish that he was, you know, sort of over, more powerful for Ben. You know, but if Ben has the memories of Peter, I just don't. I don't see how that would work out, especially when he's throwing those weird uh, green water balloon thingies at him. <laughs> don't ask me about that. that was no, that, that that actually makes sense because uh, what were those things? No, that's like the globbly gloop things that got thrown on the first issue. Yeah, yeah those yeah, little ghosts. Don't things. know what they are. They're, they're, well, those, those have been around since the uh, Dick Romita days. Well, the, the ghost halves. Little, little little ghosts that he'd throw at Peter and and it looked totally non-threatening. <laughs> and and that's why you never saw them again. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, pull out like the I'm dressed like an elf, and I'm riding on a broomstick, and I'm throwing little ghosts at you. <laughs> What's wrong, Spider-Man? Okay. I did sparkler spray, too. What about that? Yeah. Spider-Man, some elf play. He, he's like, dude, this guy is totally never going to give me a run for my money. Oh, my God, my girlfriend's neck. <laughs> Oops. Wait, come on, oh, baby. I saved you. Wow. <laughs> anyway, Gerard, continue. Is that is that all you got to say? Anyway, I, I love <laughs> Thank you, Gerard, for that wonderful, insightful review. <laughs> That had like 25 million tangents that I'm sure are going to be edited out for Tony. Uh, some of them. You know, some people enjoy our tangents. Yeah, well, anyway. We're just like right about to pull some whiskey right now because of what's going on in this episode. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Dude, well, we were like, this this will be a short episode. No, it's turned into a freaking hour-long mammoth of an episode. Anyway, oh, Bertone, give your thoughts. Uh, I'm enjoying this. The first few issues were kind of whiplash. It was stop and go, stop and go. I'm really loving the pacing here. Like you said, when the Allison uh, monogram comes, it's like, oh, my God, run, run. Because as soon as you see her, anyone who remembers the Clone Saga, you know that she's bad news. <laughs> and at first, when you're reading it, Remember, she was the waitress at the coffee shop at the Daily Grind in the original Revelations, and she drugged MJ's coffee, and MJ was with Thalatana and not on May. So you're like, okay, looks like things are safe. And then, of course, uh, May is actually born. So you're thinking, okay, it's all right. It's not like the whole, oh, is my baby crying thing. So, But then, they, of course, pull the fast one on you, Mongram takes her. She walks past the garbage can. And the way that it's set up, it looks like she's going to throw the baby out, but she throws her name tag out. That would have been a very poor plan. <laughs> I've been <laughs> look at look look at that page again. Yeah, yeah. Just like walking past, it's like, oh my god, she's gonna she's gonna throw the baby out. No, it's me like one of those. There's that beginning page of Peter and Ben building the crib. That could have come off very, very corny. There's a lot of writers that would have made that very corny and would have made me groan. I actually thought that it was pulled off nice and comedic here. That was enjoyable. Kudos to Tom D and Howard M. Now, Peter being like, you know, Ben's like, hey, don't worry. I got this. I got Kane. You go to your wife. She's delivering your child. And Peter's about to go. Then he's like, you know what? I'm going to do this fight. Uh, even though Peter yeah. got there in time, I'm thinking there, dude, okay, this isn't Galactus. Your wife is going into labor. Let Ben handle Kane. Ben's been handling Kane for years. I mean, I know, you know, if, oh, what if Kane killed someone else's uncle or something, he would have been guilty. But your wife's giving, your wife's having your child. Come on. It was funny because we were listening to Donovan reading this issue shortly before we started, and his reaction to that last page. I wish we could have gotten that on record. Because that was a very, very awesome last page, the cliffhanger. Because really, we don't know what's going on. I'm thinking that Ben's going to live. I don't know. I don't know, man. Because of the way that they're setting it up and what they said in the interviews, how they originally wanted the clone saga. And we've heard all those interviews about how Ben would have gone off on his own. So I'm thinking that. I'm thinking that Ben might live, but that's the thing. I mean, you don't know what's going on. Um, they're, they're really – this is kind of like Revelations, the alternate take, like basically kind of like Revelations what if. The addition of Peter and Mary Jane holding baby May was great with Aunt May there, and people are like, we've never gotten that before. Actually, we have. It's a little book called Spider-Girl, even though Aunt May's not there. You can see Peter, Mary Jane – 
You can see Peter and Mary Jane holding baby May in some issues of that when they do flashbacks to her as a baby, of course, because, well, she's a teenager now, so holding her would be a lot more difficult, especially because Peter has a cane now. I did like the addition of the little ghosty, goblin, goopity things, even though we discussed why that's absurd. But they did a great job, this issue. The art, I love the way that the Green Goblin was drawn. I really, really love it. It was almost like he had scales. It really was. And the banter between Peter and Ben was good. It's like, okay, you know, tell her, t- tell little Scarlet that her Uncle Ben says hi. It's like, uh, yeah, we're not naming her Scarlet. Ever. Scarlet or Ben, yeah. That's one thing that this book has done very well is the banter between Peter and Ben. And in rereading the old Clone Saga issues, the banter was kind of good some issues and bad other issues, but... And there's people that talk about why Ben wouldn't work in a modern Spider-Man book because, you know, it's kind of redundant to have two Spider-Men running around. But they show you how it could work here because they each have their different strengths and weaknesses. And the interaction between them is just hilarious. Yeah, it's it's really well written. Um, Good. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to step on real quick. But I, I agree. Like when they're changing into their costumes, it's like you know. I was thinking, this is this is how you, you, you could do it. You know, have the Mary Spider Man and the single Spider Man. You know, how are we both going to take this on? Because they're both the same guy, just in different you know, stages of their life. Like, I, I I agree completely. Okay. Their interaction you- when they're building the crib. I mean, it, it's. I hate to use the word bromance or whatever, you know, but like two guys who are really close to each other. I don't know what else to call it, but they're brothers. They're brothers. It's not a it's not a bromance because a bromance is like stupid, and oh my god, I just I just sound like a valley girl. The creepy thing is how they're both the same person. Yeah. Well, I love myself. Well, it, you know, Marvel had like a bromance uh, digest that they released like about a year ago. The solicitation was so bad. Collecting all the best Marvel bromance issues, it'll make you say, I love you, man. It's literally what the solicitation said. It'll make you say, I love you, man. Come on, Marvel. Good issue. Uh, Has me waiting for what's going to happen next. Mary Jane doesn't look so glamorous in some of those panels where she's in labor. And I was going to complain about that, but I was like, you know what? That's realistic because women don't look all dolled and glammed up when they're going into labor anyway. They're drawn by Greg Land. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Bertoni, for that eloquent thought analysis. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Anyway, um, my thoughts on this issue. Oh, I loved the little Scarlet and little uh, the the uh, little banter between Peter and Ben. And, and I thought you were going to name her little little Scarlet Spider. No, we're going to think something a little more appropriate. And then, like right before he leave, they take off. It's like tell uh, tell little Scarlet. I said hi, and then they you know of course name her May. I love the artwork, even though I, I, I told people, I think, in, the, in my my issue number four review that uh, I prefer the bigger web design on Ben's costume as opposed to the littler web design, but it's okay. It looked a lot better, I think, because it wasn't so jarring to me when it was right next to Peter's. So uh, I like that. Love the Green Goblin bits. I, I'm sorry. A spoiler alert, it's freaking hairy. I really – okay, the gotcha, the way the chin is, even though it's silhouetted – it, it's Harry, and I think Norman, uh, uh, the Green Goblin is Norman Osborn. It's Normie. <laughs> you know, I, I just, uh, I, I really love this issue because, number one, it, it really kind of gives you a sense of urgency. Number two, it's, uh, like I said in my review, it's like this is like the first three issues of Revelations all rolled into one. And uh, it's not, it doesn't, see, do you guys felt it, it went a little too quickly? I felt that it was... Just perfect. I thought it was just a real kind of. It was there was a lot of momentum throughout the issue, 
after that initial scene, it would, like things started rolling along really, really quickly, and I really like that. I like things that you're building. One thing you can say about this issue, about this this miniseries, is it's not decompressed at all, and you, you feel like you're getting your money's worth every single issue. So I really liked it. Uh, love the artwork. Love the love the colors. Love the writing. The banter. I love K- Kane. Uh, his his minor appearance in this issue, and how he's just a. I love it. It's it's great. Um, I love 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 the scene um, with Peter and Mary Jane. Love that scene. Love the fact that they're using Allison uh, Monogram. It's more a little bit more realistic this time as opposed to her being the waitress that causes the uh, miscarriage. Um, um, forced labor. Forced labor. Yeah, yeah the forced for the her causing the forced uh, labor. It's uh, she's the one delivering the baby, and her credentials were exquisite. I love that line. It was great. I, I don't remember, but I think that's what they said when they hired her at the Daily Grind, but it's been a while since I read Revelation. So. I, I think that's what they said, too. I, I'll have to go back and read it, but yeah. She's so like Barbie. She can like be a coffee waitress and a, and a nurse. I was going to say, her credentials for being a waitress at a coffee shop? What? I think they, I think they made, made a mention. I think they made a mention that she was really overqualified to work there. That makes sense. Some credentials. So anyway, yeah. So guys, let's go around the room. Let's give our grades. Zach, what did you think about the last page? Since you were such a Ben Riley fan, what do you think of the last page? Uh, it kind of hurt a little bit on the. I hurt. I hurt a little bit on the inside, but it's a. It's a. I really do not know what's going to happen next. No clue. I mean, no clue. I mean, we really don't know. The angle at which it was done, you know, tends to believe that a, you know, it's it's in the chest cavity or hey, it's in the shoulder. So I don't know. You know, we'll see. So, all right, guys, what's your grade? We'll start with uh, Josh and we'll work our way around the room. Josh, what's your grade? Giving it an A. Giving it an A. The art was good. The book was good. This is this has been my favorite issue of Close Out of Mini in a few issues. I don't remember when the last time I gave it an A was. Could have been issue one or two. Probably one, I think. Uh, Jason, what's your what's your thoughts? Or what's your grade? Great. A, A plus. A plus. All right. A plus for you, Gerard. I'm giving it an A also. Just too good. Too good. All right, Donovan. I'm partial issue three, so uh, a little too fast, but I still enjoyed it. A minus. A minus. So we got A minus, two A's, and an A plus. And to round out the group, I give it a solid A. Not gonna give quite an A plus because it's not. It wasn't perfect, but but it was. Close. So, um, like I say, three A's, A plus, and an A. So A's all around. Check this book out. If you don't get it in the single issues, get it in the trade or the trade paperback or hardcover, we'll, which we'll have an, uh, announcements on that on SpideyDude.com. So, moving on from that issue, we're going to get something a little more recent, as in yesterday when we, <laughs> the, well, we're recording this on a Thursday. This will probably be released later on the week, but. Uh, uh, this, just this past Wednesday, we had Web of Spider-Man number five, which features the first Ben Riley story. Not an amazing in a while. So, <laughs> first Web of Spider-Man and story earlier than we expected. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be six, right? Yeah, they they pushed this back. I was really kind of weird uh, because you demanded it a month early. Yeah, the um, it's a it's a preemie, just yeah. like Baby May. Yeah. <laughs> but well, you know, to be fair, this is the first um, first time Ben Riley's been in a web of Spider-Man comics since uh, Web of Scarlet Spider number four. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. or even better, like, web uh, of ten years ago. Yeah, ten years ago. It's a bit. Oh, it's been like closer to thirteen, like closer to fifteen. Anyway, guys, 
What is your... Th- uh, Tony, do you want to get the rundown of Web right quick? Yeah, this this story is only, like, what, eight pages? Yeah. So it's really a very short issue. It's written by John Mark DiMatteis, who wrote a lot of Clone Saga issues. So he's really well acquainted with the Ben Riley character. Bertoni, give us the rundown. Okay, well, Ben Riley, he's uh, made some changes in his life. This, uh, via some flashbacks, we're able to see that this takes place after the Lost Years mini, because uh, Janine is, well, he thinks that Janine's dead, and the saga of Janine and what happened to her. We'll discuss that when we get into Lost Years and Revelation. So what do you do when you find out you're a clone and it turns out you're not, but then it turns out you are, and you, your girlfriend's dead, but she really isn't? Well, you grow a little goatee. You change your name to um, a Harrison Ford movie character. How about Henry Jones? Because Henry Jones, that was Indiana Jones's quote-unquote real name in the series. And you go out for your dream job, which is uh, scooping up uh, bathroom messes. So he's a lowly janitor. And when I say lowly janitor, he's like, okay, you know how, like, everyone has clicks? Even the janitors have clicks in this thing. Like, how much of a loser do you have to be when even as a janitor, the other janitors are picking on you? (laughs) And these other janitors are picking (laughs) – yeah, I know. It's, you know, poor Ben. I mean, and he just, you know, sits there and takes it. So they bully him around. They want him to clean up this, uh, which I have to say, this is the grossest comic panel I've ever seen. We see a toilet, and it's a mess. And it's not like a comic book mess where, you know, it just looks like it's dirty and there's some toilet paper. No, they show you the contents of the toilet, and they don't show it to you shadowed or whatever. They show it to you. I cannot believe that they got away with this. That was disgusting. Uh, Okay, this is the same company that... Okay, the the, the uh, this is the same guy, the same company that allowed the entrails of Ares to be posted on a two-page full splash. Okay, need I rest my case? And I'm sorry if you go to the bathroom and you turn around and you see what's in the toilet. You're gonna, you know, even a six-year-old knows what poo is, and they'll laugh at it too. So, <laughs> so Ben goes to get drunk uh, because. Well, he can do that, and as he says, Peter can't. Apparently, uh, Ben didn't read some of the issues of Amazing or that issue of Web where uh, they spiked uh, Peter's drink uh, back in the 80s. He wasn't drunk. It was apple juice. (laughs) (laughs) Apple cycle. Anyway, so... Just throwing that out there. Don't count, too. Now, apparently being drunk... You know, gives you, like, Spider-Sense hangovers, but it's not a Spider-Sense hangover. His Spider-Sense is actually going off because there's a uh, robbery going on in a house that he's walking by in the neighborhood. And using his Spider-Sense, he's able to pinpoint which house it is. And somebody's talking in Skype. Michelle did it. Yeah, Michelle, before she even made her – I'm editing this part out. But, yeah, Michelle, even before she made her first appearance, she was in that web issue. And she was putting apple cider in Peter's – she was spiking the punch that was being spiked with beer. She was switching out because it was Mrs. Muggins' husband, Mr. Muggins, that was playing the beer in. She's, like, switching it out with that. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter just thought the hobgoblin like fake tipsy. So, yeah. this, so these guys are looking for something. turns out that this family doesn't have a lot of money. So it's like, you know what? There's no money, so I'm going to get myself some skin. And by getting, and that's my very PG way of saying that the guy wants to have his way with the um, female of the family. But before he can do that, Ben kind of does the whole Klingon thing on his head. And if Jr. is listening, which Jr. is a busy man, I doubt he does. He'll probably tell me that no, that's not the Klingon thing or the Vulcan thing or whatever. I'm probably getting my Star Trek references wrong. But regardless, Ben takes care of the criminals. And the little girl's a little scared at first after he takes care of them, and he's like, "Don't be afraid." Then the next day. 
we get the headline, Mystery Man Saves Family. Because Mystery Man is one of, you know, Clone Saga's favorite words. So Ben's looking at it, and, you know. Because before this, he's like, nah, I'm no hero. I'm just a janitor that cleans up poo. <laughs> and then and, and then the mean janitors are going to pick on him again. And Ben throws a garbage can on them. And then I guess he decides to quit his job or whatever. Because then he goes on the motorcycle. Because he's a drifter, and he's moving on to the next town. Which, thank goodness, because, I'm sorry, living as an Indiana Jones knockoff who cleans up poo for a living and gets picked on by other genders, not a good life to live. But that was our uh, first Ben Riley uh, new continuity story, aside from the who was and who is Ben Riley stuff, in a while, by J.M.D. Mateus, no less. Gerard, what are you, what's your thoughts? Oh, Gerard. All right. I, I was a little underwhelmed, but, I mean, it was solidly executed, you know, like the art was good. I thought the the writing was crisp, you know, interesting. They had a, the the thing with the, as Bertoni put it, trying to have his. I just didn't see that one coming. But otherwise, I mean, it was it was kind of a missed opportunity. It was a very short story, very limited in scope because you know you only get one. I'm assuming he's working under the assumption that this is only a one-off story, and in so, so far by. You know, solicitations, we know this is kind of basically like a one-off story. So he doesn't really get any much beyond just kind of a very simple, done-in-one kind of thing. And I don't, I don't know, it, it just didn't seem very important. It seemed like it could have just been told with... It didn't have to be particularly done with Ben. Otherwise, you know, it was okay to see a little bit more of the Lost Years, but I, I wasn't impressed. I, you know, I'm kind of stammering around, because I don't really have much to say, because I don't know, the story left me feeling kind of empty. I, I don't really have much thoughts on it, other than the, the cock out was nasty, and it was a fairly solid, unremarkable story. Yeah, don't say mud cock out, that'll get you um, fired from Congress. Right. What are your thoughts on this issue? Uh, I love James D. Mateus to death, and I really hate to focus on some of the negatives here because I'm so glad that we're getting a Ben Riley story in web. I really am. I hate to be someone that's begging Marvel for something, they give it to me, and I'm saying, well, this is bad, but okay. You're in, when we read these Ben Riley flashbacks throughout the original Clone Saga, you notice a pattern. They generally go the same way. There's a flashback. Ben Riley's thinking, I'm not a clone. I'm a man. Then he goes by some disaster that's happened, and he's like, nah. I'm no hero. I'm worthless. I can't do it. But wait, maybe I can do it. Wait, I'm doing it. And then he's like, you know what? Maybe even though I am a clone, maybe I can be a hero. And that's a story that's been reused so many times with Ben Riley. And that's basically what they did again here. Now, I am going to say, I am glad that they kind of showed that, you know, Ben Riley tried some different names while he was on the road. That's something that I never even considered. I was trying to figure out where he, he got Henry Jones from. People in Peter Parker's life named Henry or Jones. And I'm just thinking maybe he just liked Indiana Jones a lot, or maybe that was J.M. DeMatteis' love letter to George Lucas. I don't know. As you can hear when I was doing the little rundown, I really could have done without this stuff. And I mean, George talking about, I can't believe that they got away with the guy trying to have his way with the woman. Dude, I can't believe that they got away with drawing the feces. I'm sorry. You can tell that, like, you know, Ben, he's kind of like Peter. You know, he'll he'll kind of punish himself. And I think that Ben doing this, putting himself in the lowliest job possible, letting himself get kicked around, that's kind of like because of the events of lost years. I'm thinking that maybe he thinks that he deserves this or something. 
I got that vibe too as well. I mean, I, I really did. I got that vibe uh, throughout this this issue. Well, that's basically it. It, it. You know, it was it was a retread of some of the Ben Riley stuff that's been done before. Look, I'm thankful that Marvel's giving us Ben Riley stories, and I want them to do more. And I'm thankful that they chose Jam Mateus to do them, because aside from Tom DeFalco, Jam Mateus is one of the people. So heck, you know, maybe even more than Tom DeFalco, Jam DeMatteis is the guy to do it. Yeah. Um, maybe if you haven't, if there hasn't been a Ben Riley story in a while, I understand you have to do this to get us reoriented. But showing us some new sides of Ben on the road, you know, that did that he worked different jobs. He wasn't, you know, while well, he was a drifter, Boys. and he had a different. We've seen, and he had a different hairstyle, you know, a, a goatee. Really. Yeah. <laughs> well, he also had a beard at the like the flashback too. Did you notice that? He was like Kane. Yeah, well, there there was lots of hair going on in those last year minutes. Yeah, there was a lot of hair. Thank you. Well, I remember Kane. <laughs> Thank you, John Romita Jr. Anyway, to kind of get my my brief thoughts on this to kind of wrap this thing up, I uh, I was a little underwhelmed. It was it was a, you know it was it was okay. I, I mean, I was well. There's not a whole there's not a whole lot of story you can do in eight pages. You're very limited. Whereas when J and D Mateus wrote the previous, I think it was either the previous issue or I think it was the Rhino issue of Web of Spider Man. Uh, let me look. I'm pretty sure I got it right in front of me. Yeah, the Rhino like the. Uh, it seemed like they had more pages to devote to the story, but uh, you know, I just I don't know, I don't know. I, I really I really hope I'm hoping for a ongoing feature in Web because of obvious obviously because Spectacular Spider Girl is going to be coming going away from Web and becoming its own series again. So uh, there is going to be room for a Ben Riley ongoing feature. Uh, you know, we kind of I didn't talk about this before, but I also uh, in my Tom Falco, yeah, I asked about the. Uh, developments of, the, of a possible ongoing series. He said, there's been no developments in regards to the on- ongoing series, but we've gotten a great response from the majority of people who've read it. A lot of comic book stores decided not to report the, to, to support the series. There's a long discussion about this problem on, a, on a, another message board. This is the same kind of problem we've had with Spider-Girl. If you don't have the title on a pull list, even it, and even that doesn't mean you'll actually get a copy, you're out of luck. If you want an ongoing I suggest you send Joe Casado a letter. And yes, I do mean smell, snail mail. So, I mean, I think that I don't know if we're going to be able to get a 22-page Ben Riley comic, but the best, the next best thing would be getting a regular feature in Web of Spider-Man where we can, you know, devote those extra 15 pages of of, of web space to uh, to devote to a Ben Riley ongoing. So, um, send those send those uh, letters out to Joe Casada if you want to see a Ben Riley ongoing series in just in its own comic book form or even a web feature. So what's everybody's final grade before we before we end the show? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Don. Um Gerard, what's your what's your what's your grade? I think I'd give this about a B minus a D a D D as in dog or B as in boy? B B as in B as in Josh, what's your uh what's your grade? A C C I see. I would have liked if they would have done something new with Ben Riley. You know, aside from the whole, oh, oh, I'm not, I'm not a clone. Oh, oh, no, someone's in trouble. I am a hero. Yeah. Poo poo in the toilet. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna give this a straight C. I, which, 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 by the way, brought it down the whole letter grade. I want to give this a straight. I'm gonna give it a C plus. Not quite a B, but a C plus. Plus C minus and a B. So that this is this is for all those people who say 
This is for all those people who say that we bag on the current writers and we just absolutely worship the ground that James DiMatteis and Tom DeFalco walk on. Yeah, I mean, I was really, I, I was really, I, I felt like Gerard. I said I was really underwhelmed. I just, I got this issue like the day we, we record this, and uh, I read the review first. So, you know, check out the review on Spider.com. Um, also, next week, not only we're we gonna have pick of the day, um, but. Clone Saga Chronicles Alpha Edition, the the written articles are going to go back up online with some minor altercations. Check that out on Spidey.com. That'll actually be a fixture on the main page up until we get number two out. You know, I talked to you, I said this uh, in our New Year's resolutions that I want to get daily updates going and I really want to get these articles out. So, um, uh, Clone Saga Chronicles, the Alpha Edition, and I'll explain why. It's called the Alpha Edition and not Part 1. Because of Alpha 5. Ay, ay, ay! Not because of Alpha 5. There is, a, there is a Clone Saga reference. If you've never heard of this Clone Saga reference, you will hear it, or you will, or I'm sorry, you will read it on the very first part of Clone Saga Chronicles, the, the uh, written series. So, without further ado, um, Brandon, we miss you. We love the redesign of the website. Love, love, love it. And uh, we'll have another episode with uh, the big one, Amazing Spider-Man number 400, next episode. So check that one out pretty soon. And, yeah, we got we got. if you want to leave a voicemail and you don't want to see another teddy bear decapitated via Siler style, the phone number is... Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to read to you guys this phone number in a really, really, really horrible and corny way. And if you don't want me to do this next episode, you have to call in. Listeners, you want the number so you can call our line. Listeners, here's our number 206-339-5570. That's 206. Wasn't that four? 339 55 Five five seven. Dude, you should have zero. Surprise. We do this every week. You like wait seven zero. <laughs> Shut up. I've got most of the numbers memorized. I called it. So anyway, check. Remember to leave us a voicemail. There was. A, I did get an email on clonesliderchronicles at gmail dot com, which is the email address that you can send stuff to. Ah, we got a single email. Only one. Only one. Unless all the single emails. All the single emails. All the single emails. Don't even start. Don't even start. Uh, anyway, remember, that's, that's clonesuckerchronicles at gmail.com. That's the email address you can use to send us an email. And we got an email from... This person didn't say exactly who he was. He said his name is Peter Parker. So, Peter Parker, send us an email. That's kind of cool. He said, this is an awesome podcast. I hope you get, you guys keep up the good work. I hope the 10th anniversary of the podcast will be huge. Well, uh, I don't know if we're going to be going that long, but... Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely if we if we get to ten years, you know, we'll definitely be it'll be huge. It'll be huge. So, any further announcements that can be made about the podcast? Oh my God, Brandon will be like as old as us right now. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, any other further announcements that could be made about the podcast? Check out Spidey.com for all the latest news about the Clone Saga and also for great reviews by Gerard Dale Tour and uh, Clone Picks of the Day by Bertoni. And we'll also have some new features that will be debuting hopefully pretty soon. So, without further ado, thank you for listening to the Clone Soccer Chronicles podcast. And we'll see you next time with amazing 
Spider-Man number 400 and more. Bertoni? Cue the uh-oh, it's magic. Oh, ho, ho, it's magic. You know, never believe it's not so. It's magic. You know, never believe it's not so. Jumping. Okay, it's recording. It's, re- it's recording now. Okay. Oh, that that, that sucks so much. <laughs> All right, coming down in three, two. Hang on. Oh God! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been fighting a cold. Leave me alone. Um, we need to get Pamela on the podcast. Yeah, Pamela. Yeah, we're gonna interview the voice of Pamela. Anyway, getting back to our podcast, which is what we're doing right now, remember? You've, Crossing uh, over with John Edwards. God. And Donovan Morgan Grant. <laughs> Who hope, hopefully won't have a illegitimate love child for any time soon. Oh, that's just a sin. Oh, but a... Bertoni, can you give us a quick rundown right quick? I thought you were doing the Clone Saga rundowns. Oh, I am uh, doing the Clone Saga. No, I'll do the Clone Saga rundown. That's cool. Okay, yeah, because I, I totally didn't have anything prepared. <laughs> uh, be prepared, the Cub Scout motto. Um, yeah, I, I, I want. I, thank you. Uh, first of all, how are you doing on time? Uh, that's my thought. That's uh, you're, you're, That's a good thought to have. Let me pull that back up. We're on ten minutes, so uh, do you think you're gonna take five minutes with your? Yeah, okay. yeah, I won't play. Um, Donovan, do you have any more? Th- or not, Donovan? Gerard, do you have any more thoughts? I haven't even started my thoughts. <laughs> Where am I at? Up is down, down is up. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You were at Donovan until you went off on some ridiculous tangent about something yeah. that I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, Donovan, yeah, yeah, do you have any more? Do you have any more thoughts? This is gonna be a for you to edit there, dude. I'm no, I, I restart Pamela before you before we get any further though. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with messages from these sponsors. Down. That's the first thing. And the merry-go-round. All right. Uh, anyway, Donovan, do you have any more thoughts? No, we're doing Gerard. Gerard, you're, you're okay. <laughs> Gerard. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Let's start this over again. This is another blooper you can put in there. The freaking with the freaking ball skull music. Yes, I Dude, our show our show's like a love letter to the nineties. It's like Bulk and Skull, Clone Saga, Spider Man <laughs> Theory. Yeah. Alright, thank you uh, for your intriguing thoughts there, Donovan. Uh Gerard. It's okay. We should totally bring Howard Mackey on the podcast, but instead of doing it as like an interview, we should do it as like a trial, the trial of Howard Mackey, and read all the charges against him. <laughs> and then have him oh, defend him. Oh. That, that's mean. You blew up, I swear it was Bob Ross. I was only following orders. I know nothing. Dude, that would be fun. <laughs> if he would go along with it. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I was going to say when he said, uh, when you had the two guys to go in together or whatever, you, when you had Bit appeared, I was thinking, oh, when he said, oh, yeah, it's like you have the married Spider Man and the single Spider Man. I, I said, cue the best of both worlds. That's what I was thinking in my head. I'm totally going to do that one when I edit this now. Just don't do it like very long, please. For the love of God, I can't, I can't take 
that much. Hang on one second. Okay, guys. Uh, Jason, what's your thoughts? Uh, I can read the issue, but if I had, I would be disgusted to see poop in a comic book. That's right, Jason. You're, you didn't know. It's only me, Gerard, and Bertoni. I forgot. <laughs> All right, <fine>. Dookie. Dookie. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being facetious. I thought I put the kids to sleep. So I didn't have to hear stuff like Dookie and Linky and other stupid kid dirty words. Okay, okay, Gerard. Bertoni, 